0: the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen Congratulations, today is the last Sunday of the Coptic year And because it is the last Sunday of the year, or to say it differently Because we have reached the end of the year The Church reminds us about the end of time The end of time, the end of the world, end of Judgment Day And all the readings today are about the end. They're all about the end. They speak about the Antichrist coming. And the signs of the end times. The famines. The pestilence. The earthquakes. The false prophets. And all the difficulty that will come at the end. But in the midst of all of this difficulty. All of this difficulty. The Lord says he who endures to the end. Will be. Saved. He who endures to the end will be saved. That's why today I want to speak to you about endurance. And enduring to the end. Because the Christian life is not a sprint. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It is a marathon. And it's a long, long journey. And just as a marathon tests our endurance, the Christian life will test our endurance. Anyone all of us, we can start a marathon. We can all start, but not all of us can finish. Not all of us can finish I can't finish, and I will not. I can't finish. Because the marathon requires endurance. To reach the end, you need endurance. I was encouraging a friend in a marathon And I decided to run a few blocks with this person And I, tapped, like, and I ran two blocks The guy had been running 20 miles And I came in and ran two, two blocks and I, I didn't have endurance But the one who has endurance, he keeps, keeps running He keeps going We want to be like St. Paul St. Paul, he said, I have fought the good fight I have finished the race I have finished the race. We want to finish the race. In order to finish the race, you need endurance. And the key is endurance. And today, we want to see how we can have endurance in the spiritual life. How is your marathon? How is your run? Are you enduring? And if we look at the Greek word for endure, the word endure means remain under the load, to remain under the load. So endurance, by definition of the word endurance, is to bear with something unbearable. To do something that is unpleasurable. Something that is unchangeable. If a circumstance is changeable, then you really didn't endure that circumstance. You altered the circumstance. You didn't endure the circumstance. You might have an untreatable sickness. This requires endurance one who has like a like a cancer or like a diabetes they have to endure with their sickness they have to endure you might have like a bad teacher in school if you have a bad teacher and you drop the class did you endure you endured at the kidda but if you stay through you endure to the to the end you have to endure to the end st paul he had a thorn in the flesh and he endured Although not pleasant or not pleasurable, marriage requires endurance. Actually, any relationship requires endurance. If you didn't endure, and if every time there was conflict, you said, pff, I say, and fight that up, then we'd be broken. So we all need endurance. Parents, you need to endure with your children Children, you need to endure with your parents We all need endurance Our Lord Jesus Christ, He endured on the, on the cross He could have taken another form He could have done anything else Maybe less suffering, mess, But He endured the punishment of the cross He carried the load We said endurance means to carry the load He carried the load of the cross and from our readings of today, I found maybe three big areas of endurance that each Christian we need to focus on. Okay, three big areas that each Christian needs to endure in. The first area of endurance is the endurance through false teaching. False teaching, in the Pauline epistle today, from Second Thessalonians chapter two, it speaks about this endurance through false teaching. It says, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish because, why are, they, why are they passing away? Why are they perishing? Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. They did not endure sound doctrine. They were deceived by false teaching. And that's why St. Paul, later in the same Pauline epistle, he says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions. Until you have to stand fast and hold the traditions with which you were taught, whether by word or by epistle. So you see that scripture and tradition, they go hand in hand. The scripture and tradition, they go hand in hand. In the Catholic Epistle, St. Peter, he speaks about the writing of St. Paul. He says, the untaught and unstable people, they twist. They sit there and they take the Bible, and guess what they do with the Bible? And interpret the Bible in different ways. And they twist it to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of Scripture. So it's not enough that you just, oh, we read the Bible or church, we go and we read the... No, it has to be correct teaching. It has to be orthodox teaching. And that's why the orthodox Christian needs to tread carefully now. Because these days, if one searches, there is plethora of Christian belief. And everyone can twist scripture now to fit their own understanding. And now there's a lot of ideas about spirituality, asceticism, plethora of ideas concerning the sacraments, plethora of ideas about everything. So you need to be cautious. You need to be able to endure sound doctrine. In order to endure this this sound doctrine, I think we need two things. First, we need to be able to discern what is true and what is false. If you don't understand scripture, then anyone can come and with the you know and say a bunch of crazy things and you have no idea what's true or false oh it sounds in the bible or maybe you listen to a lot of things out there the other day I was talking to someone and they're talking and yeah i feel this and feel th- what what you mean where would you get this stuff from because there's a lot of stuff floating around these days and that's how the sound doctrine becomes Not sound anymore When it starts to mingle with a lot of other things That's why St. Paul In the Pauline today He said they did not receive the love of truth That they might be saved For this reason God will send to them A strong delusion God will send a strong Delusion That they should believe a lie Can you imagine? It's not that God is sending the strong delusion But he will allow the devil to to deceive people and now these days everyone not everyone I shouldn't say everyone but many people are believing lies are believing the lies that society tells them and believing the lies that you can be happy this way or this way or this way and living in sin and this and this and this and this and then you see the doctrine is going to start to whoosh, to endure against like false teaching, we have to rid ourselves of this disease. It's called the itching ear. The itching ear. We have to get rid of this disease called the itching ear. The itching ear loves to hear what it wants to hear. The itching ear loves to hear what it wants to hear. And sometimes, we don't care what the Bible tells us, or we don't care what the church tells us, we care what. On our mind, and this is the, like if we have itching ears, then false like doctrine does on the side. Then you make the doctrine into fadlul, into and to give, and say what you want to say. But that's not how it goes. The way it goes is we speak what the Bible says. We need to prioritize truth Over our own comfort Mara, there was a convert, an American Who converted to, to the Coptic church And before they met He was speaking to the priest And the priest said, you should come see if you like it Like, come see the liturgy, see if you like it And uh, i give me what the response This convert said He said, Abuna, with all due respect It doesn't matter if I like it He <laughs> said, it doesn't matter if I like it What matters is if it is True. What matters is if it's true. It doesn't matter if it, oh, oh, oh I don't like it, but if it's good and whatever, it's good and I like it. If I like liturgy, it's good. So he sacrificed his own comfort for truth. Enduring sound doctrine. We need to sacrifice our own comfort for truth. Most of us, we all grew up in very beautiful churches and we very strong in the faith. And we have a responsibility, and I feel this responsibility, and parents you should feel, to raise our kids in the church, and in the traditions that we received. To be like strong Christians. To, to love fasting, to pray, to love matazbahat, to do all of these things. Like the church has full of jewels. And I feel as like parents, your number one responsibility is to pass this, to endure the sound doctrine, to keep the traditions that we have That we have been instructed So that at the end of our life We can be like St. Paul and say I fought the good fight I finished the course I have kept I have kept the I have kept the faith We'll keep the faith We'll mingle and dilute the faith And mix it and do hither." Say I will keep the faith The second area of endurance That the Christian has to endure Is to endure persecution The Christian is called to endure persecution The Lord told us Turn the other cheek That's enduring persecution Daniel and the three youth They could have eaten all the delicacies of the king But they said no, we're going to stay fasting. We're going to stay fasting. They could, have, Daniel could have said, I am not going to pray with my door open, or my window open, and I'm going to go pray in hiding. But he did it anyway, and he didn't care of the persecution. He didn't care of the persecution. Because Christians, or holy people, are not scared of persecution. Christians actually, this is like Shwaya crazy, and I admit it, is that actually Christians, we embrace persecution. We embrace persecution. Saint Paul he says something very beautiful in Romans 5. He says, we glory in tribulation. We boast in tribulation. Idah, Saint Paul, why you boast in tribulation? He says, because knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, our Per- persecution results in perseverance Perseverance is another word for endurance And perseverance builds character Perseverance builds character And character leads to hope Ah, So you see that persecution in the, in the life of the Christian Is not something that we despise Actually we embrace That's why we love the cross We love the cross even though this is persecution, this is pain, this is suffering, this is a lot ridicule, this is humiliation, this is everything, but the Christian holds and loves the cross. Because the Christian embraces these things, because these things build our build our character. One who endures persecution is found to be tested like the word character, endurance brings character or perseverance builds character character means someone who is genuine one of the greatest things about Christianity they say is that if the apostles were just making up stories about the Lord Jesus Christ like making up stories just to make a buck or just to, you know, rule over people they said, why would anyone who does this die the death that they did? they died poor They died, and they knew they were going to die poor. The persecution shows the genuineness of their character, that they really believed. Either they were like Maganine, or they were actually the most holy people and so convinced of the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ. Persecution makes this distinction. Are you willing to suffer? Then, you, good Christian, you've passed the test. If you are not willing to be persecuted, uh, not genuine yet, not genuine yet. Sometimes, you know, in the Coptic New Year, we are going to, in the Coptic New Year, we're going to celebrate the life of the martyrs because of their genuineness of their faith. And sometimes, especially now in America. We have a different form of persecution. We don't have the like the Islamic like fear and the the sword and all this stuff and no, we don't have that type of persecution. But we have a different kind of persecution. We have a persecution in which we feel ashamed of the gospel. And so you feel ashamed of the gospel sometimes? Sometimes we feel like if we live a Christian life, everyone's going to look at us like we're weird, or that we believe in this stuff. You believe in Jonah was swallowed in a whale? I can't believe that stuff. That's like little kids' stories or something. I can't believe or Noah's Ark, that he carried a boat with all these animals. This is all just imagination and all this stuff. That's what people say, this is a different way of persecution. This is a, way, a different way of persecution right now but God is allowing this to test our faith to test our faith actually persecution is so important to the christian life that if there is no persecution like when R- rome legalized the christian faith and made christianity legal christians love persecution 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 so much that they Desire to their own persecution and they fled into the wilderness. The new form of persecution is called asceticism. Asceticism. To be ascetic people. To practice asceticism. Asceticism is self inflicted persecution. Self inflicted persecution. As a sacrifice for the great love that I have for the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at what St. John Chrysostom said. He said, crucify yourselves. Crucify. Yourself, though no one crucify you. If no one is crucifying you, what should you do? Crucify yourself, that you may slay yourself. The world has been crucified unto me, and I to the world, is what St. Paul said. So the Christian crucifies himself. How does the Christian crucify himself? Through keeping vigil, through prayer, through fasting, through many of things we bring persecution to our to ourselves, we need to have endurance in prayer. Endurance in prayer. This is a, like a, a skill that we we're like we need to practice. There's a beautiful quote that I read recently. It says, "When a person prays, no doubt some external or empty reflection does not like has to impede him, causing the attention." Which the mind directs on God to be sidetracked and interrupted. Like anytime you want to start to pray, you'll start to get distracted. And where's the mind going? And oh, what am I doing? And this is boring. And this is what am I doing? This always and all this stuff. And What this father said is so great and most wholesome struggle is to concentrate concentrate on prayer once begun. With God's help to show lively resistance to the temptations of the enemy. To show lively resistance to the temptation of the enemy is to be, to show endurance. Endurance. Endure with me, Shwaya. The third uh, point of endurance is to struggle in sin. To struggle in sin. In Hebrews chapter 4, let's see Hebrews chapter 4 for a second. Our struggle with sin needs lots of endurance. Because the spiritual life, we said, is a journey. And some people, because they become so discouraged by their sin, they give up. They give up. They give up in their sin. They say, what's the point? I tried all of these things. No matter how hard I try. No matter how hard I pray. These thoughts, I can't get rid of them. So I might as well give up. So where is the endurance? Where's the endurance? Hebrews chapter 4 says, You have not resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. Have you resisted to bloodshed? Did you endure to bloodshed? Did you? I think some people they get discouraged like this Because of inaccurate teachings that we have sometimes With regards to God's grace And with regards to repentance and confession And some people they say You can't confess the same sin more than once No? Have you heard that? Who heard that? You can't confess the same sin more than once Until you teach that to Sunday school I hope not This is a big disaster If you teach that Otherwise I Guess how many times I would have gone to confession One time It's okay That's not the problem The problem is not Like you can't, like, you're not, like God doesn't forgive you just one time For each sin. No You have to keep struggling Keep repenting Keep fighting The Lord told us to forgive our brother Seventy times Seventy with the seventy times seven, they have to be unique sins, like Mara, he hits me, Mara, and then I forgive, like because they're different. But if he, if he curses at me twice, like I can't forgive you the second time. Is that how you guys I've seen in church keda or until you believe keda? So we have to struggle against sin. We have to struggle against sin. The thief on the cross. He was victorious Not because he was defeated by sin Or not because he defeated sin Sorry The thief on the cross was not victorious Because he defeated sin But because he repented He repented He was victorious because of his recognition Of the Lord Jesus Christ We need to endure in our struggle against sin We need to endure in our repentance Lastly How can we endure Two, three things we need to endure in three categories. We said endure in keeping the tradition. Endure in persecution and endure against our struggle and sin. But how can you endure? How? 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 You need the grace of God. Without the grace of God, you cannot endure. It's too difficult. You need the grace of God. That's why when St. Paul, he said, this thorn is really bothering me. What was the response of the Lord? Huh? My grace is sufficient. Grace is sufficient to endure all the trials and the tribulations. The second thing is humility. We need humility. When we get persecuted, when we take all the slander, when we hear all the stuff, we need to be able to bear it. If you say, how dare them no, it? And then you want to run, and then I, you want to quit, and you want to run away, and you want to hide. Many times I want to get in a turtle shell and just run away from all of you. So then, like, but that's not the way to do it. You can't. Where's the endurance? Where's the. And I'm not going anywhere. Okay? This, this endurance, endurance. When life gives you a thing, you can't run away. You have to endure. The last thing is to keep. Hope hope in your mind. There is always hope. There is always hope. Because as the psalm mentioned today, the psalm mentioned says, everything will perish, but you will endure. That was the psalm that was said today. Everything will perish, but you will endure. You will endure. So the Lord is the only thing that endures. And because the Lord is the only thing that endures, I have hope in Him. I have hope in Him. And this hope that I have... Is something with certainty. You know when you buy a lottery ticket? Like, uh, people say, I hope I win the lottery. I hope I will get an A on this exam. I hope to, that I have this or this or this or this. When you say hope, it implies, like, chance. Like we're playing roulette or something. Like uh, probability games. Like like what are my odds hmm one in the million like i hope i get this this hope in the christian sense is not kidda hope in the christian sense is not lottery (laughs) hope in the christian sense is certainty i know what are my chances that i will be saved what chance A hundred percent. I trust in the promises of God. If you put the promises of God before you, you hope in them, means you believe in them. You know that they are certain. You know that they will be accomplished. My future is in your hands. It's not in my hands. I have hope in you, Lord. I have hope in you. Into you have hope in Him? Good. Then if you have hope, then you will sleep. You will endure. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Uh...